Welcome to the Ransom Heart Podcast. This is Craig McConnell. What we've done last week and now this week is taken some of the best questions that people have asked in our live audience during the Love and War Tour. So today again is a couple of questions that were thrown their way and uh, John and Stacy's responses to those questions. And, and we really think this is some great stuff just captured live and really hope that it encourages you. I just had a question in regards to Christians in marriage and, and your thoughts on why are we not doing any better than the world uh, in regards to relationships. If the best thing that we can bring into the marriage is a relationship with Jesus, why are we falling so short as Christians? Oh, two reasons. Go ahead. You're, I go ahead. You want me to go? You're looking at me. Okay, a couple of thoughts on that. One is that I want to know um, what kind of Christians. When they, you know, who's the person at the barn is saying, yes, I'm a Christian? And just what kind of Christians? I mean, really, are they walking with God Christians or are they just, or they don't, they're just, I'm an American, so I'm a Christian. And the other thing is, is that Christian marriages are in the bullseye of the enemy. Absolutely. We're in the crosshairs of the enemy. I think it's harder for Christians because one thing, we have so much pressure that we want to have a model marriage. We want to look good to the neighbors, the family, the friends. We don't want to have trouble. But the other thing is that, yeah, the enemy hates marriage. He particularly hates Christian marriage Absolutely. because of the picture of God and the Trinity and Christ and his church that it presents. And, and for some, I mean, there's an awakening going on. And, and look at us all here wanting a better mm-hmm. marriage. Mm-hmm. And to be able to stand up and go, we're not alone in the room. There's an enemy. But I think for a really long time, part of the ploy of the enemy has been, I'm not here. And so then you're not taking a stand. Yeah, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. We didn't write Love and War as like a crisis book to try and help people through really hard times. We wrote it just to strengthen all of us. Just as you need to keep your relationship with Christ strong because you don't know when the hard things are going to come, you have to keep your marriage strong. You've got to fight for it because you don't know when it's going to be really tested and you don't want to wait until that moment. So, um, but one more reason on the Christian marriage thing. The other is pressure. Um, Christians feel this additional pressure to be a good witness right? To, to try and model, you know, for family, friends, neighbors, and it just puts extra pressure on. So things can't be wrong, right? You, it, there's a kind of a muffling of issues. You don't feel the permission, particularly to tell someone, right? And, and you can't walk alone. Just as you can't walk alone in your Christian life, you need the body of Christ. You need, you know, Paul says, regular fellowship and all that. We need one another. Your marriage needs that. And one of the best things we've ever done is to be in small groups, not always, but seasonally and regularly, because to have other eyes on your marriage, other people who can speak into it, it just takes the pressure off right? The expectations, that sort of thing. You can admit, hey, it isn't going well right now. Can you help us sort that through versus, you know, we can never admit that. So I think it's the enemy. I think it's pressure. Yeah. Yeah. There's another. Hi, John Stacy. 
just visiting with my wife a little bit, saying we just don't live in this enough. It's so refreshing. So go to Frontier Ranch, uh, boot camp, um, and then to Journey of Desire, what have you. Somehow this message just kind of slips away. And so what does kingdom life look like for the Eldridges between the books and just living life? Intentionality. It's just like the, the thing about the water through a shopping cart. Life slips through, and you have an incredible time with Jesus, and, and later it's Jesus who? Really? And that's why we're so uh, encouraged, instructed in the Scriptures to remember. Remember the Lord your God. Remember the great things he's done. Talk about the things that, that he has done. So we're really intentional about it. Having a time alone with him daily is really imperative. Asking for his help and doing the things that feed our hearts, and they're different. So, you know, we're not, you know, yay, we're married, we do everything together, couple. We're just not. I had another thought, and it was really good, but it just left. It'll come back. Mm. <laughs> It'll come back. It'll circle I, around. I, while, you're, while you're looking for that... Um, <laughs> It is natural for life to have its ebbs and flows. It's natural for marriage to have its ebbs and flows. But if it's mostly ebb, my radar goes up. Whoa, 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 why? Why is that? Lord, what's going on here? Is this the thief? Is this the lack of companionship with others? You know, what, what, what's taking place here? What do we need? Um, you understand, I hope, that the greatest enemy of the gospel is religion. It's not paganism. That's way too obvious, right? Who did Jesus contend with the most, right? I mean, he doesn't have an argument with a pagan that I can find in the Scriptures, right? Who does he take on with fierceness? Religious people. And so the numbing effect is what I'm describing. The numbing effect of living in what most people experience as contemporary Christianity can be absolutely soul-killing. Now, I'm not against the church, and I'm not against people, but I'm speaking about something that Christ was passionate about. Until you get that fog off of you, until you get that foam, that numbing thing of churchianity, you can't find the real deal. You have to fight it intensely. So part of me wants to go, what's your context? What are the people like that you're around? What's the fellowship like you're in? Because it's either helping you toward God or it's numbing you. And, And, you know, seek life. Seek those who are seeking life, you know. Um, that's First uh, John 4. He said, and, and beware the spirit of falsehood, the false gospel, the false thing, because that'll, that's what will take you out. Yeah. One of the greatest gifts, too, about being married is that we are each other's number one fan and allies and pray for each other. So it's hard to pray together as couples. It, it just is. It's not just you. It's kind of everybody. But to press through and pray together, but to pray separately 
And also, something that's really great for our marriage is just over the dinner table or driving in the car, just sharing what we're thinking about, sharing what God has been teaching us, what's mm-hmm. been stirring. Mm-hmm. And it's really helpful with, with our sons as well because they don't so much want to, we're going to have our family time of worship, so come sit, bring your Bibles. They don't generally run, yay, about that. But when it's in just conversational, it's, it's over dinner, it's in the car, it's just a way of life. And then that spurs us on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We hope you've enjoyed these questions. There, there are so many to choose from. We picked a few and hope it was encouraging. And if you have any questions about any of the resources we have here at Ransomed Heart, you can go to ransomedheart.com or go to the Ransomed Heart podcast. We have some resources that we'd love to connect you with.